Hey, all you cool ghouls. I guess that's it. We just have cool ghouls. I'm your host, Vlad the Rad. I'm here with my very special co-host, Michelle of the Dead. And my other co-host from the Zompire is uh, Grape Ape Josh Welch. What's up, buddy? What is up, everyone? How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Thanks for coming, Josh. Yeah, absolutely. So should we be truthful and let people know that I screwed it up last time? So you guys have to take a a night to uh, make sure we get it right for once. So I mean, we you really will... didn't have to admit that, but I mean, yeah, we can, <laughs> we can say that. <laughs> I will full disclosure. So if anybody's waiting on the episode, they understand that it was my fault. All this right. is why no. we speed bumped the week. <laughs> no, it's your beard's fault. It's my beard's fault. Yes. We have yeah. come to no, that we'll conclusion. get to that later. We'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> so as I said, Josh is my uh, cohort in the Zompire Mystery Box Company. Um, we brought him on to kind of just talk about his history with the company and um, he does a YouTube channel where he does unboxings for different mystery boxes, some that aren't mysteries, um, called Josh's Horror Corner. Did Hoarder I get that right? Corner. Come on, man. Josh's Hoarder Corner. Hoarder. Because you do get I'm... other stuff other than horror. Yeah, I do like vinyl. I do the boxes. I do stuff like that. And it took me forever to come up with a name for it. So I was really happy to finally have a, a catchy little title. Before that, it was just Josh Welch. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, look me up on YouTube. There's 843 channels named Josh Welch. Right. But none <laughs> of them had the beard. None of them had the approach I did. And uh, hey, I have 200 subscribers now. So I feel like I'm doing all right. In all fairness, I believe Zompire only has like 50-something subscribers. So if you're listening to this and you're not subscribed to Zompire on YouTube, you're a dick and should go there right now and hit that subscribe <laughs> bell and the notification. That's right. I think there's a, a giveaway for it too, right? Once you hit 100? Once we Once hit, we 100, hit 100, I am going to give an autograph away. I haven't decided exactly which one yet because I funnel through so many at a time, but it will be something super rad. Um, and it, and we'll figure out what that rad thing will be coming up. We're 50 away, so we got time. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, let's get that number up. That's right. So, Josh, uh, last time we spoke, we talked a little bit about Furnace Fest, uh, which was a how many was it? Was it two or three day? It was a three day, uh, three day, and then the night before day one, they had like a pre show. Sure. So, like, uh, I forget. We have a concert here and they do that where like, you know, the concerts Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but then Thursday night, I forget it was called something, but Thursday night they would do like a secret shows or something, you know, all the bands that were performing. Um, As a matter of fact, I worked at a place called the Crocodile Cafe and on a Thursday night right before that weekend, uh, the Beastie Boys were supposed to play and they actually played in front of like 500 people in the nightclub that I bounced at. So I got paid to watch the Beastie Boys and probably the smallest venue they've played in 25 years. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, Furnace Fest was, it was a wild experience because it was the first time that I had done like a three-day festival. Like, I mean, I'd, I'd done Warp Tour and stuff like that. And I went to incarceration this year, but I only went for one day because my, my buddy's band, Karma Kids, was playing. But Furnace Fest was, my buddy Mario was so excited about it. He's like, you got to go to this with me. It's going to be a great time. Because um, this band, Showbread, who's actually from Seattle, um, oh. they were playing. And they broke up like 10 years ago. And he loves them. Uh, their first album, No Sir, Nihilism, something, something. 
uh, amazing. I, I love it. It's really like 2006 screamo hardcore kind of sound. So I don't know if it would be up your alley, but uh, they have a song called Dead by Dawn that's like inspired by um, Evil the, Dead. Yeah, Evil Dead movies. Um, and they were a Christian band. So they released this song. And everyone's like, whoa, whoa, that's not cool. <laughs> you can't do bump that. your brakes. <laughs> right. But it's a it's a sick song. So, yeah, they were playing. Uh, I got involved in this Furnace Fest community group on Facebook. Uh, they pulled me in to be a moderator. Um, so I was doing like every day there was like a countdown to Furnace Fest. I would write a little blurb about one of the bands that was going to be playing uh, leading up to the show. And I mean, Thursday night. There was four shows, I think, around town that, similar to what you said about the Seattle shows, just random bands that were on it uh, playing. But the one I went to was actually, it was headlined by Norma Jean, and they were on oh, the original geez. lineup for Furnace Fest, but had been removed. And there's a lot of speculation as to why, but one of the big things was their singer got called out for um, his opinions. He was very bold about some of the things he was saying on Twitter. And the vocalist for Every Time I Die was like, I will never play a show that they're booked on. Not happening. Oh, wow. So Every Time I Die was on Furnace Fest. Norma Jean was not on anything until they got added to that uh, that pre-show. But it, it was sick. It was Norma Jean, Remembering Never, um, Across Five Aprils, and Haste. And it, it was an excellent way to kick things off. In all fairness, every time I die is a much bigger band. And so anytime that happens where if they're not going to play with, you know, a band who is not going to draw like they are, then it's pretty easy to get them kicked off the uh, the show. Right. And it was it was almost sad to see Norma Jean. Like, I haven't really listened to him in a long time. Bless the Martyr, Kiss a Child. Amazing album. But that was with their original vocalist. By the time, like, the third or fourth album was out, there was no original members left, to my knowledge. It might have been one. But seeing them then, or that Thursday before Furnace Fest, it was the singer who joined after Josh and these other dudes. It was like, it, it looked like a cover band. Like, that was the vibe I got was it was like a, a cover band playing these Norma Jean songs. And it just, no one really cared. Like, everyone seemed to be having a good time. Then they played, like, uh, Memphis Will Be Laid to Waste and everybody gave a shit. But aside from that, it was just kind of a dull show. Remember yeah. Never, though, they were amazing. Like, I was so impressed with how well they did, and I have not listened to them in years, and they blew the roof off the place. <laughs> <laughs> I see someone trying to uh, electronically touch your dog, Cujo. <laughs> That's yes. Cujo. This is Cujo. He, uh, he's a little chihuahua mix, and he is only happy when he's sitting on my lap. So anytime I'm working down here or anything, he's right here with me that's nice. typically well his name is hannibal oh nice <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. i usually give a, a like a warning before we record if you hear any ticky tacky it's my dog coming across the hardwood floors so you yep. just kind of got to ignore it <laughs> so yeah, after working for furnace fest oh sorry uh, yeah, no. but after you um, are you planning on working again with them in the future is there going to be more furnace fest so this was supposed to be a one-time resurrection. They, they, that's how they built it. This is the one time you got to come. And man, it, the lineup was sick. Like Friday, we had like every time I die, narcissist, see you, space cowboy, 
from autumn to ashes destroyed like they it was so good and then saturday you had the bled stretch armstrong across five aprils shy halud touche amore like good bands and sunday was like be well holy gold meadows and showbread so i was like this is a one-time thing for me i'll never do it again since this is the only time they're doing it mario wants to go i'm down and then i think it was it had to have been sunday night andrew wk was supposed to close everything out and he canceled like last minute the night before i'm still bummed about it yeah man everybody was bummed and he's like disappeared (laughs) off of like the face of the planet and i guess there's like a bunch of like mental health stuff going on with them oh that's unfortunate yeah so it's all crazy speculation but before the headliner for the second stage came out they had a big banner behind uh behind them and the organizers came out like uh johnny and chad were the two that i got to know the most and they came out with the other guys and made an announcement that they would be back next year so it's happening again. They released uh, some early bird tickets on Black Friday. They sold 800 out of 1,000, I believe, is the last count I saw. So, And that's before a lineup or anything was announced. So it's it's happening. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So on a scale of 1 to 10, what was the tightest pair of jeans? How skinny were the skinniest pair of jeans you saw that day, those days? I was very, very, very impressed with the tightness of the jeans. Like, you think that style might be gone. Like you look at some old APs with like 18 visions on the cover with the big oh, yeah. hair and the tight jeans. Oh no. They're, they're still, they're still out there. They're still rocking. I blame, I blame Atreyu. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a sore subject. I used to love that band so much. I, you know, uh, what was that? The, not the, not their first album. Was it Crimson or whatever? Was that their second one? So, yeah, uh, the Crimson was their second. Their first was Suicide Notes and Butterfly Kisses. Right, okay. I did like Suicide Notes and Butterfly Kisses. Crimson was starting to get a little bit too overproduced for me and too professional. Yeah. Um, and, and then it was after that, it was like the, uh, some sailor-themed one. Lead Sails and Paper Anchors. And that's where I lost complete interest in that band. If you ever want to, like, let yourself down... Or feel good about yourself. If you ever want to like, I used to like this and punish yourself for it, listen to the newest Atreyu album. If you ever want to be like, man, I'm not doing much with my life and I want to feel good about myself, listen to the new Atreyu album. Because you're going to hear it and you're going to be like, at least I'm not doing that. (laughs) It is god awful. They kicked out their streamer and it's, it's terrible. You know, one one band I will say from that era that I always thought was like more brutal than their appearance and who I still really like their older albums is Bleeding Through. Oh, yeah. I kind of thought that's what you were going to say. Yeah. Bleeding Through is like almost so like I can't stand Cradle of Filth as people like I hate Danny Filth, but the theatrics that he does on stage and his and his vocal and writing ability is crazy. And that's kind of the way I felt about bleeding through, although they had that um, early 2000s, like hipster rocker wannabe looks and everything like their music was like unappreciated by the people it was actually meant for. And it was appreciated by the hot topic mall, hardcore kid. And it, that's one thing that I always bum me out about that band because they were so much better than their fans. If that makes sense. Dude, like, Love Lost in a Hail of Gunfire. Ugh. Like, so good. 
And like, I saw them on Ozfest one year, and it was like me and my friends went to Pittsburgh for it, and the big pool for Ozfest that year was Ozzy was headlining the second stage on select dates. So that's why I went to Pittsburgh. We wanted to be up front for Ozzy. And it was bleeding through a tray. You, I think Norma Jean and, and every time I die, were both on that too. So it was like my favorite bands. And then Ozzy was going to be there too. And bleeding through was so good. And it was not the first time I'd seen them by any stretch, but they were so good. And Ozzy comes out and my friends were like, I don't want to see this. And they left. And so I'm like, oh, up wow. against the barricade ready to see Ozzy. And he does the whole mooning the crowd and plays some plays like all of his hits. And he starts to play Mama, I'm Coming Home. Like everyone knows that song except Ozzy. Like he makes <laughs> it like the first verse and then he just like forgets the words and starts mumbling. And it was heartbreaking. Like, seeing him like stumble through it was just like dude what are you doing it was so sad but the reason i thought of that was so i'm trying to find my friends and it was like 2006 maybe i don't know and i didn't have i had like a virgin mobile cell phone so terrible service and i'm like looking for my (laughs) friends walking in circles trying to figure out where they went and this dude's like hey man you've walked by like eight times are you okay like what's going on i'm like i I don't know where my friends are i'm just trying to hunt them down and he's like do you want to use my phone and it was the singer of bleeding through and he was so nice and he has this like amazing sleeve of like monarch butterflies and stuff and it was just like that's a really pretty sleeve and you're such like a tough like rough (laughs) dude but you're so kind like Obviously, I didn't know anybody's phone number because that's what cell phones are for. So I couldn't find my friends. And in the end, I found them. So that's the end of the story. So basically, thank you, Brandon Chapetti, for trying to help uh, Grape Ape here find his friends during Warp Tour in 2007 <laughs> or whatever. Ozfest, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> Absolutely. I was going to say, what was the cell phone company you did, you mentioned, Virgin Mobile? I, I was going to say, is this a bad time to mention that they are actually a sponsor of ours? <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. Some, they're not. They're not really a sponsor. Virgin Mobile prepaid phones through Zompire. Yeah, we, we got beepers. We got beepers. Ooh, you could put those in the mystery boxes. Oh, that'd actually, be a good pop culture piece. I was telling Angela the other day that uh, I think it'd be funny if, so like, you know, Richard Milley watches, right? They're like these half a million dollar watches that celebrities buy. They're really unique and there's only like a handful of each one in the world. And so they're really expensive. And I was like, man, you know, it'd be hilarious if like a rapper came out on like MTV Music Awards and it had like a bedazzled ankle bracelet. Like, you know what I mean? But it was like a a really nice Richard Milley watch, but like an ankle bracelet. And she's like, you should make one. And I'm like, I should make one. (laughs) (laughs) So, Josh, you also work with me and Zompire. That's right. We put together the most amazing mystery boxes no one's ever bought. (laughs) I'm kidding. People buy our boxes. Pulse Um, box available now. Pulse box out right now at (laughs) zompire.storyenvy.com. So you were doing YouTube unboxings. Tell us a little bit about how you got into doing that. So I got into YouTube unboxings because of you, actually. Um, oh. I, I, uh, I got it. I, I was off Facebook for quite a while. And then I got back on Facebook 
and I was starting like, you know, I, I want to start collecting things. I want to like build up my collection and enjoy things that I like for once in my life. Because there are always people telling me like, you're too obsessed with horror. You're creepy. That stuff's wrong. You shouldn't do that. Hide it. Right. I'm sure we've all had those people in our lives. So cut that shit out of your life. Embrace what you enjoy. And that's what I did. And I am so much happier now for multiple reasons. One of them being because of this friendship that's grown from that. I started buying your boxes after you were selling uh, Henry Hill ice pick in some random ass Facebook group that we were in. And I was <laughs> like, I want that. That's amazing. I love Goodfellas. Right. And so we were talking and you were like, yeah, so I have these boxes. And I was like, okay, cool. And never thought about unboxing things before in the past. Like, I didn't even know that was a big thing. And I was like, I'll, I'll get them, you know, and I'll, I'll go ahead and make a couple videos of what's inside, stuff like that, and put them out there for you. And you're like, cool, that's great. So I bought the boxes and I was doing the unboxings and it was the killer boxes at the time that like, I love the horror box. That's, that's always been my favorite, but the killer boxes were the ones that were the most fun to do because you get to kind of tell that story of what that piece really is. Like sure. here's some grave dirt from Ed Gein's grave. Like here's some dirt from Ariel Castro's house, like things like that. And it's not just like, your traditional unboxing video of like, here's what's in the box. It was, here's what's in the box and here's the story behind it. Sure. And I, I love that. I don't think people watching my videos really care. They would just show me what's in the box, but I liked being able to kind of like tell the story that supported like what it was and why it was in there. Well, and it I, built from there. Yeah. And I think that like, you know, a lot of people, especially in the true crime box, because it's not when you, when you open a box and there's like a Friday the 13th piece, everyone knows Jason Voorhees and his story. But when you do open a piece that's Ariel Castro or even Henry Hill, you know how many people I've mentioned Henry Hill to and they're like, who? And I'm like, have you ever seen Goodfellas? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, it's Ray Liotta's character. That's Henry Hill. And they're like, oh yeah, I don't know. I'm like, right. you're an idiot. <laughs> right. But you know, the, the, it's the thing about unboxing those, the true crime boxes, a lot of those crimes, you know, unless it's Gacy, Bundy, um, or someone like that, you know, People don't know the background. They don't know the story or why they would even be in a damn box for that matter. Absolutely. And that was that was the funnest thing. Like uh, at one point I talked to you guys about, um, hey, there was some of these crimes that happened in Cleveland. Uh, I, I want to get some of this stuff for you to feature in your boxes. And that was before like you'd ever ask me to help out with anything. And it was just like, I don't want to bug the guy, but I'm going to. Uh, my main goal was to get Jeffrey Dahmer dirt, but every time I go to that house, it's like a half hour from me. And every time I go there, there's cars everywhere, like just in yeah. the driveway, not, not looky loose, but just pe the people who live there are there. Right. So I never got that, but there was a few that I was able to get and it was cool. Cause it was local. It was something I knew and kind of being able to talk about like how the town reacted to the crimes was exciting. I would like to make a quick side note. Um, the way you and I started working together was literally the exact same way I dragged her ass in. <laughs> I saw her at Crypticon and I walked up and I'm like, hey, I'm Vlad. I own Zompire. Will you make a video unboxing my box? <laughs> She's like, sure, why not? I don't know who the fuck you are. Send it. Here's my address. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no. Awesome. Is it just you two doing Zompire? Yeah boxes yeah angela does help as far as like putting the boxes together she does the handprint um she you know 
you know, bat, boxes things up and stuff like that. But as far as like the real company, like how it's what's going to be in the boxes and things like that, it's typically him and I. Um, we okay. did have a, a a third person that worked with us who, um, because of family obligations, had to step away. And actually, that was my original. It was, it was originally me and this other guy, Zombie Eighty One. Um, and then Josh came along, um, and we, Jim, Josh, and I just work really well together. We don't typically, if he's like, "Hey, I got this idea," then I'm like, "Yeah, man, that's great," or and vice versa. Or if we do see something minor, like, "Hey, what if we did it this way or that way?" Usually, we see it. We're like, "Oh yeah, okay." So we we tend to work really well together. Um, so, I mean, not for nothing, and I'm not saying anything negative, but about anybody. But honestly, the last two months that him and I have been working solely together, I feel like things have gotten a lot more smoother and um, we're starting to run a little bit more consistently. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's true. Like, I, I'm looking at that picture I sent you earlier of uh, something we're building for the Zompire page. Nothing, nothing crazy, nothing personal. My shirt is on the picture. But I'm, I'm looking at the boxes we've done in the past and it was about April that I started, like, helping out with the Zompire Horde and it was June that it was like I was really proud of that box because it was hey Vlad I have some ideas let's see what we can do and Vlad's like sure let's hear you out and the themes for it were Victor Crowley Maximum Overdrive Chud um, Haunted World of El Super Bistro and the Captain Spaulding Murder Ride Mm. and of those pieces I was like hey I have this great idea for Maximum Overdrive and Vlad's like contact him see if he'll do it i was like oh shit really i mean that, I, I wasn't trying to like take away from anything i was just <laughs> and he's like basically like don't give me more work to do if you have an idea see if it's gonna work <laughs> and the chud pins that we did those were sick and the victor those crowley, were sick. that the victor crowley was a dual signed picture uh eight by ten with felissa rose and uh dave sheridan and we were trying to figure out how are we going to get these pictures in hand? How are we going to get them to the talent to sign? How are we going to get them back to us? And trying to get the logistics worked out. And I was like, yo, six hours away from me. They're going to be there this weekend. I'm pretty sure it was like literally this weekend. I can get there. And Vlad's like, we'll get everything taken care of. If you can get there, we'll, we'll get it all squared away. And that's what happened. I ended up going to the convention they were at. Um, called Felissa Rose that morning like hey this is Josh from Zompire I'm here um, arranged when we were going to meet and then <laughs> I was with them when they were tearing down their booth at the end of the convention and Dave Felissa and I found this like little area that we could go so they could do the signing and it was amazing it was such a great experience and it's pretty much just been like smooth sailing from there wasn't uh I'm gonna say didn't I even like get you a hotel room for the night yep. down there <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got me the hotel room. I got to go to my first Wawa. So it was, it was a good experience. Nice. Shout out to Wawa, by the way. Um, and I know this, I'm not trying to be on a sour note, but when I passed, when my mom passed, I actually wrote on Twitter, hey, bro, shut up. I'm recording. Um, when I was, uh, when my mom passed away, I went on Twitter and, and uh, made a message to someone about how it was like my last time going to Wawa in New Jersey because I don't plan on going back now. And um, Wawa sent me a box in the mail, and it was like two pounds of coffee, a Wawa T-shirt. I was pretty stoked. So shout out, shout out to Wawa. Uh, we are accepting uh, <laughs> companies to promote here at the Zompire Horde. So if Wawa, if you're listening, we're here for you. 
That's right. I thought it was really cool of them to do, so I just wanted to yeah. throw that in there. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Nice. Hey, I've got a question. Um, are conventions primarily where you get the things for your mystery boxes, or how does that? How do you go about with that type of thing? Um, so we've done a, um, a couple of convention signings. Actually, where you and I spoke uh, in person the first time was uh, the Seattle Crypticon, which Lisa Wilcox was at. And we had these um, Nightmare on Elm Street 4 license plates printed up uh, with images. Yeah, there's one above Josh's head. And okay. we, had those, we had those printed up. And so um, I, you know, talked to her, went in, met her. She signed them all for me. And it was kind of the same format when Josh did his signing with Felissa Rose and Dave Sheridan. We set it up before the convention. So he just basically drove down to the convention, had them sign, you know, at the end of the day. They signed for them, and then uh, that was that. Usually, a lot of times, we'll either go through, like, a trusted industry partner. So we have, a, like, there's one company we go through now who will buy, like, let's say 500 autographs, and then they'll end up selling 350 of them. And then so we'll go in and we're like, hey, let us take these off your hands. Um, we've also, you know, reached out directly to talent as well um, through different platforms in order and had them like sent directly to us or had, you know, somebody met them. And so we, we, we have a pretty tight rein on how we go about those, but typically it's either we, we talk to them directly or it's an industry partner who has like a, a Beckett COA on it or a JSA COA on it. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> no it's, it's not just autographs though. What's that? It's not just autographs though. No, not in our boxes. No. Um, usually the other stuff, it's companies that we go through. So for instance, turtles, turtles, trinkets, um, they're a company that we go through quite often and he makes his own enamel pins. And so he'll send me a list of all the pins he has. And I'm like, Oh, we haven't done that movie or that franchise yet. And so then I'm like, Hey, you know, and so he'll sell me a bulk bulk orders. One of the things that I've always tried to do with Zompire personally is, um, to go to the mom and pop shops or to do it ourselves. Um, I don't try to go to any of the big, like big companies, NECA and stuff like that. Um, even Funko, you know, I, I try to keep it to little mom and pop stuff on Etsy and, you know, like the, the people who are making things at home that, cause I feel like us promoting them helps them and us buying, you know, in bulk off of them. Yeah. They don't make the same amount of money as they normally would if they sold them all individually, but hopefully while it's working with us, that it spreads their name and gets more eyeballs on their company. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What were you going to ask me, Josh? I was trying to find the business card because it's slipping my mind now uh, for who we got those matchbooks from. Cause that guy uh, was awesome. And he gave, he set up a Zompire discount code. Oh, nice. But I can't find it. Act I actually still have a stack of bats breath postcards that they have. Mm -hmm. And I was gonna planning on putting those into the next monster box. Oh, and that was another company I wanted to bring up too was how great it was working with Bats Breath on those Halloween candles because that was such a cool experience. Like a friend of mine has a candle company, and we reached out to her and we were like, "Hey, you know, we have this idea. We're doing this Halloween franchise box. Um, do you want to work with us to put a candle in there?" And she does these soy candles and she's like, sure. What do you want it to smell like? And I was like, I want it to smell like kittens and daisies. And Vlad was like, no, we want it to smell like fall. 
Uh, so <laughs> she designed this awesome scent that was like Haddonfield on a nice fall day. Like it had the blood splatter scent in the leaves and everything you needed, right? Oh, and amazing. It, it looks so badass. So Bat's Breath Candles, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for being a part of that box. That was It was awesome to work with them on that. I'd also like to point out to another company that we have worked with in the past, um, uh, which is Body Scare. Because Body like Bat's Breath, Bat's Breath did the, I mean, the candle that they did for us is was for our box only. And Body Scare has done that too with the beard oil. They have a Zompire, you know, collab beard oil that's ours, you know, and I thought that that's really cool of them to do as well. Yeah, and that beard oil was, oh yeah, it was my favorite, to be honest. Like, I've loved all the beard oils that I bought from them and the beard balm, but the Zompire one was perfect. It had a nice tobacco-y smell to it. I, I loved that. that with product. a hint of vanilla? Yes, the hint of vanilla. You have oh, to send me some if you have any left, you know, for my beard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have. I got it right here. We'll make it shine. Uh, well, we we'll polish you up. by Monkeys. Excellent. Design Designed by Monkeys, Monkeys was the candle book. The well, you've got my address, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I re- those, they, did a, those, they did a really good job on those. One of the other things, too, and, and I'll never remember the company. It was someone we found on Etsy. I can't remember if it was me or you. Where were those... Um, the Captain Spaulding uh, mystery ride uh, tickets. Th- that was you. That was that me. Yeah. Go me. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, I'll be honest. Like when it, when we do the boxes, there's always a piece in it that I'm worried about. Like it's the one piece that I'm like, I love the thought of it. I think it's great, but I'm just waiting to hear the shit talking on it. And Vlad right. had the idea for the murder ride ticket, and I was like, that's awesome. And like later that night, I'm trying to sleep. I'm like. What's everyone going to say? <laughs> That's going to be the piece everyone hates. And people loved it. They did. They really did. It's funny, too, because literally every time we do a box, I'm so confident in everything that we do. Right. And then when I'm sitting there and I'm actually putting the boxes together and seeing everything in the box, I start having immediate anxiety <laughs> that everything, everyone's going to hate everything. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? Like, and it's never that it's never been that, you know, if, yeah, people are like we had one, you know, the our last that was those candles and they're like, oh, these are for 17 year old girls. Yeah, I don't expect a guy that works on an oil rig to understand like what, you know, the quality or not. Yeah, well, the quality behind that candle, but also the value in it. Right. Well, so like there's going to be. What's that? Because you can't burn his candles on his oil rig. <laughs> True. You catch up in flames. But Sorry. I mean, you know, the, the stuff that people complain about, it's just so random sometimes, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, okay, I, I get that you don't like it or whatever, but you probably got a wife or a girlfriend, I'm assuming. Give it to one of them. Ask a girl on a date. Bring it as a gift. I don't give a shit. But don't bitch right. about it. It's a delicious smelling like, candle. Candles? I love scented candles. Candles are weird. Like, there's a weird, like, culture of, like, candle hunters. Like, people go crazy over candles. I have a feeling anyone that's a candle hunter hunter has a live, laugh, love somewhere in their house hanging up. <laughs> Michelle, is that true? <laughs> Her says, says live, laugh, loathe. Pro- yeah, probably. 
Well, that's the time we have for you this episode. I'm sure we're going to have Josh back on because this was a really fun time. I enjoyed myself, as I'm sure Michelle and Josh did. Absolutely. Yeah. Any parting words? Um, no. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Josh. <laughs> Absolutely. We have two more boxes coming this year. We have the December Pulse box, the December Monster box. Be prepared to see the lineups on those. Ginger Dead Man, I'll say that right now. Uh, the November Pulse box, it is up. It is live. There are still some left. We had another franchise. Oh, Hellraiser. Hel- uh, yeah, Hellraiser. Oh. Right. And I, and um, in a weird way, we're going to bring Kiss into this box, the band. That's right. So that, 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 I'm not going to say how that's going to work in, but there'll be a Kiss kind of Kiss item in there. Without spoiling anything, I hope. Yeah, it's gonna be sick. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> and uh, we gotta wrap. We gotta figure out. We gotta start working on those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like son of a bitch. I just got done boxing up boxes, and now I, now I'm already getting on the next one. Well, that's what we have for you this week. We appreciate you tuning in to the Zompire Horde Podcast. I am your host Vlad the Rad with my co-host Michelle of the Dead and my partner in grime Josh Grape Ape Welch. Thank you guys for tuning in. Till next time. Have a good Bye. night. Bye.